Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Exploring Missions has helped carrying out one of the purposes of American Family Radio, and that is to aid the church in carrying the message of Jesus Christ, aiding the church to do that, not only here, but around the world. And here on Exploring Missions, we've had missionaries from all over the world. We've had those that's just doing a local ministry. But today, uh, I think we have a special treat for us. Our co-host is Nathan Harper. And Nathan, you've been uh, you just recently come back from a mission trip, and we wanted you to tell us about it and who went with you. Would you mind doing that? I'd be glad to. So um, recently... Uh, I, I went with uh, Vapor Ministries, and full disclosure, I actually work with Vapor Ministries. That's my full-time uh, position, um, and I serve uh, actually as a store manager at Vapor Thrift Store in Birmingham, Alabama, um, one of the locations there. And um, part of what my job is is to bring in uh, resources, income, uh, f- funding, for Vapor Ministries. Vapor Ministries uh, creates sustainable centers in third world environments that do two things. They help to alleviate poverty and they help to multiply disciples. And so one of those environments, one of those locations is in uh, outside of Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, There's actually two Vapor Ministry centers in Nairobi, Kenya. And so recently, uh, I went with a group from Vapor uh, to visit the centers to encourage the team members there um, to learn about what's happening on the ground uh, on a day-to-day basis and to assist there. But the great privilege uh, was who I got to go with and was privileged to be able to take my son, my 13-year-old son, Jude. And so Jude is actually with us in the studio today. Jude, thank you for agreeing to come on this program. You're welcome. And you've been on it before, but you were a lot younger. Uh, Do you remember where we were visiting when I interviewed you the first time? You may not remember. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C., and there's another time. We went to the Ark, and uh, we interviewed you and your sister, Chrisley, about that. So welcome back to Exploring Missions, Jude. Thank you. Okay. Well, we're so glad they're here, and we're thankful that they could share in what all is going on, thankful that Jude could go. Let's bring this out, too. Uh, From very early on, probably two years of age and then thereafter, Jude has always been fascinated with animals, right? Yeah. And your favorite animals from what continent? Africa. Africa. And so when Jude was telling me about this trip, he was excited to go to share Jesus Christ. But he had to admit a bigger smile came on his face when he was going to Africa and seeing all the animals. Well, was it as good as you thought it would be? 
It was better. Better than that. <laughs> uh, but honestly, at two years old, we developed a game that he and I would play at our house. And uh, I would be Noah, and I'd build the ark, and he would imitate every animal that I could think about bringing on the ark, and, and Jude would b- imitate it, and then I would have to guess it, or he would have to act like that animal. And he was pretty good at it, so I'm glad you got to go, Jude. It was great, and I appreciate you being on here. Thank you. A lot of 13-year-old boys and girls, uh, they kind of shy away from the microphone, right? Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think he qualifies. Now, he makes himself home at fine at home in our house, and uh, but we're glad you're here today. Nathan, uh, tell me a little bit more about the trip and what, yeah. what all took place. So um, let me let me start with kind of what uh, you were talking about in Jude, uh, wanting to always wanted to to go visit uh, Africa, see the animals, maybe take a safari. And uh, when the opportunity uh, presented itself for me to be able to go through my work, um, I asked real quickly, you know, if it would be possible if my son could tag along. And graciously, that was uh, extended an invitation to to him as well. So. Um, what was really awesome, besides just, you know, Jude 13, at 13 years old, being able to almost like cross off something on his bucket list, you know, I mean, at 13, you don't even have a bucket list, but <laughs> if he had one, this would be at the top. And, and so, you know, a really great experience for someone that thir- at 13 years old to be able to, uh, one, just make a trip like this. And, uh, and so... But what was greater than that for me was for Jude to be able to experience um, uh, through prayer, through um, trusting in God, seeing how God provided uh, funding for him to be able to go. My side of the trip was paid for through my work. Uh, we had to raise funds uh, for, for Jude to be able to, to uh, participate and family, friends, our church, um, and I'll go ahead and give a shout give out, a to, shout out to, that <laughs> to our local church, Eastside Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we're just real thankful for everyone to be able to participate, uh, supporting, sending, praying for us as we went. And so for Jude to be able to uh, go through that process of uh, writing a letter, uh, asking for for assistance and trusting God and him seeing God uh, be faithful in providing all of that through his people, was really an important part for me to be able to see um, beyond just the, the the experience itself. Well, when I hear that, and the letter was well written, and uh, Jan and I got it, and we said, we're going to be a part of this, and we're saying, if he doesn't get all of it, are we going to give it the whole thing to him? <laughs> and we decided he was going to go no matter what. And we, of course, did not have to do that because of the generosity. But I think that says something about those who are listening today that have a a trip of missions for missions that they feel like to go. Uh, don't don't pass it up. See if see what happens by trying. Right? Absolutely. I think for many people, myself included. Uh, one of the most difficult challenges in um, in whether it's a short-term trip that you're planning for or wanting to participate in, or even like long-term on the field uh, mission teams and, and and that sort of thing, fundraising, uh, support raising, is possibly the biggest challenge for for most people to get 
either over in their minds of how how am I supposed to uh, see myself or my family supported uh, in this work. Um, And a lot of it is a test of faith. A lot of it is trusting, learning to trust in the Lord, learning to um, be stewards of what God has given you, including uh, relationships that he's given you where you can um, you you can rely on people, uh, God's people, to to support you and uh, hold the rope, if you yeah. will. So even on a short term mission trip, um, you know you're raising you know a couple thousand dollars or so. It's it's a challenge, and it uh, but it was good to see Jude, uh, you know, eager and not back down from that, uh, and and God, uh, you know, provided, and it was really really awesome. Also, I wanted to say two things. One is, recently we're recording this, and it's just a few days after some horrific tornadoes made their way through Mississippi, South Mississippi, North Mississippi, all the way through, and to see the churches. And those people, and I I read a testimony about it this morning, how churches have come through again and again. And, I mean, the church is, is God's body. And the body supports one another. That's what Paul was talking about. And so to see your church come on board and do that, it it just really says a lot for the local churches about participation and sharing in missions and helping young men and young women possibly find something that God may have for them in the future. Absolutely. It's it's really important. Um, You know, we've not been able to do this on churches that I serve on staff with. I've always had this in, in my mind as a dream, never been able to bring it about, but uh, I have heard of a few churches doing this, and I think it's a really great idea um, for, um, like, say, a baby dedication service. You know, a, a, a parent, a, uh, a couple brings their child up um, and commits to raise their child um, to serve the Lord, and and that church is committing to support the family, the parents, as they do that. Um, to see a uh, an investment, a, a monetary investment, go into a bank account uh, in that child's name, and when that child is eighteen or old enough, um, there's some money collected and with interest, and you know, built into that account for for a mission trip for. You know, a scholarship to to serve the Lord in missions. Amen. Um, anyway, so we're that's getting a, off track, but that's just no. A, that's an idea for some folks who are listening. Yeah, and a church to do that. If they don't do it, that exactly some way to have some money set aside for young people at, at, at that critical age. Yeah. that have that to to let them have the resources because God really. I, God changed my life as an adult on mission trips. Mm-hmm. I was always so called, you know, interested in missions. But when after I saw it firsthand and how it started and what could be done, it changed my focus, and uh, I, I really did that. One more thing: How about a father and son going on a mission trip? Yeah, that's that that can't be. Uh, you can't put a dollar amount to the value that that. Uh, has brought at least into the dad's life, into my life. Um, I hope as Jude gets older and looks back, it will be um, as special for him as well. Um, and and we had a lot of uh, fun together. And it was uh, it, he did he he did his dad proud. I was I was <laughs> thankful that he was with me and and glad that um, 
he he had that experience. Jude, did you enjoy going with your dad? I loved it. Loved it. Uh, did did you see a different side of him? You know, ministering, or is that just he is the dad you expected him to be? Mm, I saw a little bit different. Of yeah. Him. Well, it changes you different when you go into a different culture and you're there. It it's just uh, it's not that your personality changes, but there's some you know integral parts of your life that just. Uh, it's not changing, but it brings it out. Yeah, yeah, certain things right. brings it out. Yeah, the different, um, the different uh, environmental soil, if you will, uh, will will cause you to grow and and bloom, maybe in a different way in different places. But um, yeah, we had a really good time. So a little bit about what we did while we were there on the ground. Of course, we did take a half day that we we went on a safari there in Nairobi at the national park. Got to see all kinds of animals. Maybe Jude would want to say some of his favorite ones that he got to see. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been wanting him to share that. I, I really did. Uh, I told you you needed to look for a giraffe. You know, I'm just fascinated with giraffes. And you saw one in the wild, mm-hmm. not behind a fence or anything. No. Nah. Well, tell us different ones you did see. Uh, we saw five, four, four lions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lions? Four lions, yeah. Wow. And I bet the the male was just laying around, and the females were up walking around. They sure were. That, that's I, that's every that does that's typical. What about the baboons in the tree? What what was that? Scary. <laughs> were y'all close by when that? We were one that ran right in front of us, like just running, and they went and jumped up on like this big old tree, and it went completely silent. Wow, man! Standing there looking at us. Well, I got to ask one or two more. How about a rhinoceros? Did you see a rhinoceros? Yes. Are they as big and ferocious in life as they are in a picture? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we actually got to see both, uh, I believe, a white rhino and a black rhino. Which is very unusual yeah. for black rhinos. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What did you see a hippopotamus? Uh, you saw the back end of it. The back end of it. It was still in the water. Submerged in the water. water. (laughs) That's the best way to see a hippopotamus. Did you know, this is just for information, in Africa, the animal besides the mosquitoes, mosquitoes kill more people than anything, we know that. The hippopotamus is the second most dangerous one, and it's basically because in the river and in the water. Yeah. So that's amazing. But you, you did have a great time. Yes. And I'm glad. Well, one more thing, and I want your dad to go. I know y'all did two or three things in the ministry part of it. When y'all were helping the people, uh, what was your favorite thing that you y'all you guys did? Uh, I probably probably the time when we get to go, like with the food baskets. We went to go to certain people's houses. They had it marked down where we need to go, and just going in there, it was dark, couldn't see anything. Uh, in the house itself, yeah, there was. One couch and a bed. The bed, there was a mom. She was sick. Apparently, she had a, a stroke for last year. And we went, we prayed. This guy named Reuben. There's five people in there that slept, and it just hit me. You don't have to do that, do you? No. Listen, uh, when we find out how others live mm-hmm. in other parts of the world, did you come back thankful and grateful for where you are? Yeah. All the way. Felt, okay. Felt spoiled. Uh, well, well, we'll <laughs> grandparents do their part on that one, I admit. <laughs> we, we, we've contributed to that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the word he used um, 
when we shared at our church, um, reporting back to our church about our trip, uh, the, the one thing that he said that he feels like God worked change into his life through this trip was uh, humility, uh, just un- understanding um, how humble he felt uh, after seeing how others um, you know, have to live and the challenges that they're faced with on a daily basis. Yep. Well, Nathan, go ahead and tell us everything that you feel like yeah. we need to know about the well, trip. Well, um, basically, Kenya is a lot is a country in Africa. It's in East Africa, and it's a lot of um, similarities to other other countries in the world. Um, whether what, no matter what continent they're on, some of the similarities are um, overpopulation in, in urban centers. So most of the people live in in the cities. Within those cities, most of the people live in what we would call a slum or a shanty town. Um, and we've all seen pictures and images and video of 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 what it is, and that gives you a little bit. Um, if if you can't take the rest of your senses with you, the pictures don't do it justice. Um, the smells um, they're real and just pungent. yeah, and just um, how many people are like Jude said, crowded into one home, usually the average size of a, um, a a dwelling is probably half the size of the studio that we're in right now. So I, I w- you can imagine a 8 by 10 room and the average size of family, maybe four or five people in, in there. Most not having electricity, uh, no indoor plumbing. Uh, the plumbing is outdoor if, if you, you know, they're visible. Um, to see and, and smell, and um, that really does a lot of health uh, damages uh, to people's bodies. Um, Is that one of the reasons vapor really yeah. specializes? That's in right. Water? So the first the first thing that vapor will do as they open up a center is to dig a deep water well uh, to provide clean, free, fresh, healthy water. Uh, the water that's typically available which is not always available uh, to people. But what the water that's typically available um, is dirty, it's unclean, and it uh, causes uh, sickness. And people pay for it sometimes. And you'll see a, a bucket of dirty water, what we would say is... Unfit we, for we us. Would, we would not even give it to our pets. Right. Okay. Um, and they're paying money. Um, for it, and c- currently in Kenya, cost of living, paying for things is rising drastically, uh, and it's and it's a desperate situation. And so, vapor will will provide that clean, fresh water twenty four seven, and people can uh, can access that. and And so, what we were doing was taking uh, one day we would take water with water trucks deeper into the slum neighborhoods. Uh, the two areas we served were Kabangwari and Gishagi. Uh, and in those centers, in those uh, neighborhoods, people would just come by the hundreds with um, jerking cans to fill up fill up their water. Um, and other days, we would uh, take food, as Jude mentioned, into homes. And as we were sharing water, as we're sharing food, we're also sharing the good news of Jesus. And we saw dozens and dozens of people uh, give their life and pray and to follow Jesus. Vapor's team there will be following up with each of those and in discipleship and uh, also plugging them into local churches. Now, those people are from Kenya, right? Those absolutely, are, yeah. The, are there. the 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 leadership at each of the vapor centers are indigenous local leaders. 
uh, most, many of them, maybe most of them, uh, in the same neighborhoods where they're serving. They were, uh, as a child, grew up playing soccer through Vapor's uh, discipleship yeah, soccer yeah. leagues. Yeah. And, uh, and then they come on to staff as they get older. And uh, that's the primary way Vapor helps to alleviate poverty. Their, uh, their staff and their team members um, are able to support their, not just themselves, but their family members and, uh, and bring their own family members out of poverty. Uh, where poverty in, in that situation is a lot different than in ours. In, in that context, poverty uh, is basically living on a dollar and 90 cents or less every day. A dollar 90 cents yeah. a day. Yep. And cost in Kenya? Cost of living in Kenya up. right now is pretty much equivalent to the U.S. Okay. So, you know, you could, you could rent a, imagine renting a 8 by 10 shack, if you want to call it that, uh, with no electricity, no running water, no indoor plumbing, and you're having to pay maybe $30 uh, a month. But if you had a job, if you had a job, they're so scarce right now, most people can't find work. Um, but if you had a job, that job would pay you $60 a month. Um, and so that's working every day at, at $2 of pay a day. Um, you, can, you can imagine how, how thin that gets and how difficult that gets. There was very few overweight indigenous people. No, they were... Uh, Jude, I think people were shocked. One of the biggest things that we were shocked by were how what we saw people as being small, right, short and smaller. What were they shocked at to see you and learn that you were only 13 years old? Uh, yeah, they were shocked at how tall and, and well, not, not how big he was, but how tall he was and maybe how big I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed the pictures, you yeah. know. Kid, uh, men that were 21, some 17, and Jude was taller than, than yeah, they were. That's and right. Now, Jude is, is, you know, he's about as tall as his dad now. He stands up next to him and kind of looks him eye to eye, so he's getting close to six feet. I know that, so he's dwelling in. Well, let me ask you this, Nathan. The, the whole aspect of the people there in those two communities that they live in, the population of people crowded yeah. into that area. Yeah, so is, Kawanguari slum, um, I think a, over 130,000 people. Um, 130,000 yeah. people in that area. Yeah, I don't know how many square miles totally it is, but probably two to three uh, square miles, 130,000 people. Um, and then uh, Gashagi is a smaller slum, but there is surrounded by uh, multiple shanty towns and slums. Um, and so Vapor works in more than just the, those two slum areas. In fact, our team in Gashagi would uh, daily walk 45 minutes to an hour just carrying food baskets um, to people's homes. Um, and we're not talking about flat level ground either. We're talking uh, difficult terrain. Uh, one of the mountains that we got to go up on top of, Gashagi Center is halfway up this mountain. It's 7,500 7, uh, feet above sea level. Oh. Um, it's on the that other side. The, is the, that makes the elevation cooler than it yes. would be normally in that area. Yeah, we elevation. had about eighty degree temperatures, and uh, the sun was shining. We we're real close to the equator, but the breeze was nice and cool. And uh, we another thing that we were sh- uh, shocked about 
was how many uh, local uh, uh, Kenyans were uh, cold all the time and would would uh, try to bundle up in jackets and things. And you guys were... Yeah, we were sweating. Sweating, yeah. yeah. Makes a difference. Well, when you see this kind of poverty, you were humbled, Jude, but did it... What does it do to you when you come back here and and you see what all you have, your own bed, your own room? Your own room is close to the size of their whole house. Does it – I know you're humbled by it, but can you describe a little bit, and I know this might put you on the spot a little bit, what does it do to you spiritually? You say, okay, God uh, – those people know you that are saved. I know you, but does it require more of you? Do you feel like you need to be mindful of your blessings and say, okay, I need to make the most of what I what I have. God's given me clothes, food. What how does that affect you? Um seeing like when I get when I got back from America, it kinda made me mad. Like that I have all these materials that I have here in America. And uh, it may like now. I want to do more for God and what He has me to do. Amen. Uh, you know that's. <laughs> let me just stop here for a moment. If there are some moms and dads, some grandparents out there listening, and if you can get your children on a mission trip like this that goes to a third world country, uh. And, and yeah, in Africa, but I, I think there's some places even in Middle America, Latin America. They may be some places close to home, uh, homeless people. Now you don't want to endanger them, but find out some things and let. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that, Nathan? Let yeah. them find out how. I think it's good to it have. Is. It's good to have a different perspective. I would say a realistic, you know, perspective and outlook of the world that we live in, um, and. Like Jude, uh, even adults, we will realize how spoiled that we really are. Um, and when you realize that there are billions of people in the world. Say that, not millions, yeah, but billions. with a B, billions, that don't have access to um, clean water. And millions will die this year because of that. The same thing for uh, health care. And I'm talking about basic um, health needs that we would run to uh, the store and buy something over the counter, you know, to alleviate, uh, will kill millions of people this year. Um, The job that we maybe complain about going to, you know, on a regular basis, uh, there are millions of people who daily walk miles to find a street corner and find a, try to find a job that will pay them maybe $2 that day, and they can't find it. Uh, there are millions who are dying without hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, it's our job as the church to, um, at the least, pray, and at, at best, go and send and share uh, what we can, uh, at least this good news of Jesus Christ that gives us hope. We it can, we can share news. that with the world. It is good news. Jude. Thank you for being with us today. It was good to have you back on Exploring Missions, man. Glad to be back. Okay. We thank you for listening, and we're going to have a part two of this conversation next week and next weekend, and I think you'll enjoy it as we share about the good news of Jesus Christ across the street and 
around the world. 